I'm Callie Lampy, and you are listening to the Surfing Lessons Podcast, where my daddy shares a daily gift with you from the ocean. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Surfing Lessons Podcast. I am your host, Ryan P. Lampy, and today the surfing lesson is standing only for the set waves. First off, thank you for everyone leaving a review. I'm getting like, <laughs> doesn't seem like a lot, but it is a lot in the long run for me so far. I'm getting like another one or two reviews every day, and I'm super excited about it, and I'm super excited about what you guys are saying. So thank you so much. And if you're listening to this every day and you you haven't left a review yet, please scroll down on iTunes. I understand it's kind of, I've gotten so many questions from people like how the hell do I leave a review on iTunes like I like your podcast and all this and all this and I listen to it and I just don't know how to leave a review I know it's a pain in the butt and if you have an issue you can you can, first of all you can find me on Facebook and um and you can direct message me I'll literally make you a video and show you how to leave a review on iTunes if you have an iPhone or an iPad and there's also another way to do it you can google it and um, I think it's really complicated and stuff through Google, whatever. But anyways, if you're committed, this is the truth. This is the reality. If you're committed to leaving a fucking review, you will get it done. And I just ask you to leave me that favor. Leave, leave me a review and a rating and help me get this out in front of more guys. Second, this podcast is brought to you by Live Wildly Connected. If you want more passion and more connection, and just more pure, raw fucking desire inside your marriage. I'm just going to leave it at that. Then find me on Facebook. Shoot me a message through Facebook Messenger. And tell me, I want to live wildly connected. And we will make it happen. All right. Today's lesson is standing only for the set waves. This right here is. <laughs> key to life man yesterday i was in the water and the waves i was surfing bird shit rock and the waves are man but they've been like this lately just like all over the place usually reef breaks are not like this you know beach breaks are but reef breaks will pretty much break in the same spot maybe the same one or two spots maybe even three spots but the waves at bird shit rock the past few times i've been in the water this past week have been just all over the place like a beach break and not only that but very few walls and sets and just a lot of like wind swell just little peaks going everywhere which they can be kind of fun they're a little bit smaller and they usually die out and they're just not as powerful but the big walls are super powerful they're like my favorites i love surfing big fucking walls like i just love flying down the line on a big wall that's walled up and even getting under the curl a little bit i love that especially if i'm on the front of my longboard Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. And so yesterday I was in the water and there's these peaks everywhere. They're breaking all over the place on the inside and medium inside. But then every once in a while, there's these awesome fucking set waves that are just, they're, they're bigger than everything by far. They're overhead, head high overhead and powerful and they're, they're walls. So they'll, they'll go all the way in to the, the reef, like all the way into the cliffs. So couple hundred yards all the way into the cliffs and they're my favorite waves and so I'm out there on the longboard and I get frustrated 
because I'm waiting for these set waves. Actually, I wanted to surf some set waves. I couldn't, I couldn't, um, like, they weren't coming. And I was watching them before I got in the water, and they were, they were coming every once in a while. So I get in there, and they just weren't coming. And I'm watching all these little peaks break everywhere. So I go into the inside to catch a fucking, like, a little peak wave. And I catch one. It was all right. And then I go to catch a second one, and I get cleaned up by this fucking set of, like, three or four waves. Big waves way on the outside. I'm talking, like, 100 yards beyond where I'm where I was surfing. 100 yards further out. And so I'm like, damn, all right. So I go out there and I wait. I'm like, I'm going to catch these waves because they're fucking amazing. I'm going to catch these waves. And then I sat there for like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Nothing. And then another surfer comes out. He starts, he's on a little smaller board, like a, a two plus one, about six. I think he said it was like six, five, six, six or something. And, but lots of volume, very full. He started surfing the inside, the medium inside. And he was catching these, catching these, um, these peaks. They weren't, like I said, they weren't like amazing waves. They don't have a lot of power, but he was catching them. And he was cruising all the way into the inside and some of them all the way up into the bare reef. And I was like, yeah, that looks fun. And so what I did after being out there for 20 minutes, frustrated, not getting a, a, you know, set, clean set wave is I paddled the inside and I started catching them. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so fun. And I just, I followed his lead. Like he inspired me basically to, to go on the inside and try that again. And so I went in and I tried it again and I started catching wave after wave. I, mean, I was exhausted. I literally got out of the water like in another hour because I was exhausted because I was just catching waves nonstop. And I had so much fun. And I caught a whole bunch of waves. And here's the thing. I caught a whole bunch of waves on the inside. And every once in a while, as I was timing it right, I'd go back to the way outside and I'd catch a long one all the way in past Birdshirt Rock, right into the rocks. In fact, the very final wave I caught went all the way in, and I just walked inside. Like, I literally, I could have landed on top of the rocks, the big-ass boulders and stuff, right against the cliffs. But I got off. And it took me all the way in. Long, super, super long wave. And so I got the best of both worlds. I was free. But that hasn't always been the case with me, especially with a longboard. When I first got on a longboard, when I first started riding longboard here at the cliffs, and and situations like this would happen, I would try to do this. And I would get cleaned up. And I was not very good at navigating my longboard. I was not very good at like when a big, like getting under waves and stuff, because I can't duck dive. I've, my whole surfing career, if you want to call it that, I've always been on a shortboard. So I'm used to duck diving waves. Well, I can't do that shit with a longboard. I just can't. And turtle rolling, first of all, on the fucking reef is scary as shit. Second of all, I don't just, I just don't have the grip to even like hold on to it half the time. So I, I figured out a system now. I just grab the nose and I hang on. I usually get under the wave. Sometimes I don't make it, but I, I, I'm always on the, always have my board. But I didn't, I couldn't do that in the beginning. So in the beginning, this is what I used to do. I'm like, I'm only going to surf the set waves. I stand only for the set waves. This is me. I'm going to get them all on my longboard. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to catch the best waves out here. And then as I did that, well, I often had the same frustration I had this, this past time in the beginning. Except I would never have given myself the freedom to go in because I was like, no, I'm, I'm standing only. Like, I surf in the longboard. This is what I choose. I can't surf that stuff on the inside. I can't. I'm making a stand. I'm going to sit outside and catch only the set waves. Even if it only comes one every 
once every 30 minutes. That's what I'm going to do. And I used to do that. And what would happen is people, just like yesterday, because eventually a couple guys came in, and guys would comment on the shortboards. And they would surf the inside, catching wave after wave after wave after wave after wave. And ducking the set waves that came through. And they would stay in that zone and catch all these smaller waves. And I would get so pissed off. Like on the inside. On the inside, I would get so like frustrated. Like, fuck this longboard shit. And fuck them out there. This is bullshit. Maybe I should get a shortboard again. Maybe I should just do that. Maybe I should go to a fish, figure out some other way, some kind of mid-length that I can somehow duck and I can surf those other waves. But I only stood for the set waves. And so all this resentment built underneath the surface, inside of me, this frustration. And literally the way I looked at the people on their shortboards on the inside like it was, well, it just wasn't the way I look at him now. Put it that way. Like there was a judgment in the air. Not saying it's a huge judgment. I want to go beat their ass or something like that. Or I just hated them. But there was there was a, some intensity, some d- degree of judgment inside of me. And I built up the frustra- tr- frustration and the resentment inside of me. And it robbed me of my passion, my freedom inside the surfing game. And just the way I showed up. And at the same time, I didn't even have the freedom to go surf those waves with them. Because I made a stand, I'm only surfing the set waves. And sometimes that led to some shitty sessions. Here's the thing, there are commitments, AKA stands, AKA promises, covenants, that we make all the time in life. In society, in culture, and even the Bible, religion, all labels, certain things good, certain things bad, certain things right, certain things wrong. We got to make this covenant. We got to agree to this. And here's the reality. Certain covenants, certain commitments lead to imprisoning ourselves. Certain stands that we make lead to imprisoning ourselves. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're wrong. We usually do it out of I guess, a self-protectiveness. We get married. We make a covenant. We make a commitment to one another. And inside that covenant is till death do us part. We commit ourselves to each other. We will not sleep with other people. There's all these commitments made to each other inside of this one big commitment or this covenant, this promise that when we get married, we put the rings on each other's finger. And in the beginning, it's almost like it's, it's required a little bit. It's necessary. Like it keeps, it gives us a little bit of order. But there's a, a place, some kind of time inside the marriage, whether it's one year, whether it's a few months, or whether it's 10 years, where it's like that covenant, that commitment is literally imprisoning. Because there's times when life gets fucking hard or whatever that we're like, we only show up to each other because we have to. Because this is the promise I made. I got to keep my word. I got to do this as checking a box. It's a transaction now instead of freedom. So there's commitments we can make or stands that we can make for ourselves that lead to imprisonment and 
the stands that we can make that lead towards freedom, complete freedom. When done a certain way, commitment is the most powerful thing in this universe. The commitment of a human being, the commitment of one's heart. And it leads to freedom, it leads to a full life, it leads to passion, it leads to connection, it leads to everything we want in the human experience. It's found through commitment. Yet, if done of making this stand for ourselves or committing because we have to, because we should, because we need to, because this is right, because this is proper, because everybody else wants me to do this, it can do the very opposite, robbing our lives of passion, robbing us of connection, turning us into robots, and causing incredible pain all around us. Take for example, I'll give you a couple of examples. One is church. I'm gonna give you an example of church and then I'm gonna give you an example of my marriage. It's where I've seen the most pain for me and for Lucy. So first I'm gonna start with church. Let's say just the 10 commandments, right? I mean, that's a stand, I guess we have to do this. Most people see the commandments as this is what we have to do. And in the beginning, that's where it was. I'm not turning this into some kind of Christian theology thing. I'm just using this as an example. And so people, when they first become a Christian or they start reading the Bible or whatever it is, they look at these commandments and they look at the culture and everything. And they're like, I have to go by these commandments, all 10 of them. I have to do everything the Bible says. I have to go to church every Sunday. I have to pray. I have to read my Bible. And all this is seen as like something that we have to do. And in the beginning, maybe that creates a little structure, a little bit of order, but it doesn't lead to full life. See, the reality is this, that all those commandments are actually commitments. In the beginning, we might do them because we have to. We put the rings on each other's finger and we stay with each other because we have to. But there comes a time when we are actually committed with our heart because we want Two, we see the ultimate vision. And in all of our hearts, across every single human being in this world and any human being that ever lived, there's that truth. That we want connection. We don't want to be disconnected and alone. We want to love each other. We don't want to fucking hate each other. No one, the commandments, we don't want to murder. No one in the fucking world, when we get past our egos and past the blame and past all those emotions, the guilt and the shame and everything like that and the anger and the frustration at the very bottom underneath all of that. Every single person doesn't want to murder anyone. When we get clear of what we want and what we're committed to, well, guess what? We naturally will not be murdering people. (laughs) Just the way it is. We naturally will be committed to living a life full of light and love. I give you an example in marriage. Before I even go into my marriage, I give you an example of marriage. I know many guys who want more sex in their marriage. They want more sex and their wives are kind of suppressed sexually. They don't have a lot of raw desire. They don't have a lot of passion sexually. They just kind of show up because they kind of have to because they feel like it's their obligation because they are the husband's wives and they have to show up and have sex. So unless it's been like a long, long time, there's usually not very much passion or connection. 
in, in a few of these cases, well, even one, I give you, even a, a mentor makes a stand for himself and says, you know what, I will have sex in my marriage. And I'm not saying this is, the stand is wrong. But here's the thing. We can't make anyone have sex with us. I mean, we can, but we can't make anyone want to have sex with us. We can't make them do that. Like if, if I make a stand inside of my marriage and say, you know what, I will not have a marriage that has no sex. We'll have sex at least two, three times a week. If I make that stand, I say, I'm going to have this or I'm going to get a divorce. I'm going to get another marriage. And Lucy starts showing up and she starts having sex with me two or three times a week. She's doing it out of because she has to, because I made this stand and she doesn't want me to leave her. Well, that's going to be some awful, apathetic, indifferent, dead sex. It just is. And underneath that, it's impossible for a stand like that to be made without resentment. So for me, sex hasn't been one of those things. But one of my deep pains that I've required from Lucy is that she doesn't betray me. That she doesn't, I say betray, like it's a big word. The, the emotions for me are betrayal. But for her, the actions, is just her simply talking shit behind my back. Her blaming me along with somebody else. It could be her brother. It could be her mom. It could be her dad. Somebody, especially somebody uh, like her, like, like my in-laws, so her family especially someone like them that already dislike me. They've disliked me since before we ever got married. And when she gets angry and frustrated at me, there's been times when she's so angry, pissed off at me, and then they say some shit, and she agrees with them, and then they gang up against me, literally in my own house and through conversation outside. And when I find out about it, or when I experience it right in front of me in my own house, there's no more disgusting feeling for me that I've experienced so far, is that betrayal. I mean, literally, my body wants to puke. And it's horrible. And so this Christmas, I literally made a stand for myself. I had self-protection. I'm not saying the stand was right. I'm not saying the stand was wrong. This is what I said, this is going to fucking happen because I can't take this anymore. And I said, Lucy's mom is not coming to our house anymore. We had a huge fight, and Lucy was with her mom, ganged up against me, with her dad. And there was so much shit, so much blame getting thrown around. I just could not, it brought up so many childhood memories. I've been betrayed back into a corner so many times and everyone would gang up against me. Even my parents, along with their family. And 48 moves, like all my younger childhood, always like never white, never Vietnamese, never Mexican, never anything. I don't fit into any of the gangs. I don't fit into any cultures. Like, I was always, like, no one knew what the fuck I was. I'm half white and half Vietnamese, by the way. But the Vietnamese would shun me. The white people would shun me. The black people would shun me. And I hate that fucking feeling of not being accepted and especially being betrayed by someone who I thought I could trust. And so I made a stand this Christmas, said, you know what? If we can't figure this out, we don't have a conversation about this, which we tried to have a bunch of them. But if we don't keep on fighting, if we just give up, well, Lucy's mom is not invited to our house. She cannot be back in this house for at least two years. 
because I think it's, it's causing me, first of all, too, me too much pain, and it's putting a wedge inside of our marriage, and that is more important to me. So I made a stand. At the time, I was fucking proud of it. I mean, I hated it. It was so painful because here's the truth is I love her mom. I just want things to work. I just can't have it the way it is right now. It's causing too much damage and pain in our marriage. So I made a stand this Christmas in December. Like, this is what's going to be. And, well, Lucy's mom didn't agree. I mean, she didn't um, have the conversation with me. So guess what? Two years. And I knew that everybody would blame me. That's the thing. There's no stands that are made without resentment and blame and anger and frustration underneath the surface. But literally what I did not see back then was that that commitment I made that, hey, Lucy's mom is not going to be here, the stand that I make for myself to protect myself, what I didn't see was that ultimately imprisoned everybody, including myself. caused so much pain. Not to say it was wrong. I don't think it was wrong. It just is. And every single action, every single stand or, or, or promise we make creates pain. There's consequences to all of it. And so I went back on my word. I invited her back to the house, Lucy's whole family. And this is my new commitment. This is the commitment that leads to freedom. What do I ultimately want? I want connection in this whole family, not just me and Lucy, to everybody. I want Lucy to trust me. But the thing is, I don't want her to not betray me or to not talk shit behind my back because she has to. Like, that sucks. Like, that imprisons her. And ultimately, that's not the wife I want. Like, I don't want a wife that I have to control. I don't want a woman that I have to tell her not to fucking betray me. I have to tell her to stand by me. I have to tell her, hey, you're going to get into this ride-or-die relationship with me. You put a ring on my finger 12 and a half years ago, and you will still keep your fucking word. I don't want a relationship where I have to tell her, you know, you will have sex with me. You will not sleep with other men because you have a ring on your finger. Or a tattoo of my name on your finger. I don't want that relationship... What I want, I want her to want me. I want her to not talk shit behind my back because she doesn't even want to. I want her to want to be passionate and crazy, full of desire and and want me sexually. Be horny all the fucking time. I want her to want that. I don't want to have to force her to or put restrictions or make a stand and say, this is what you will do because this is what I require in my marriage. I don't want her mom to have connection and and talk with me and things like that because she has to because I force her to. Like, what kind of connection, what kind of relationship is that? It's fucking horrible. I want her to actually want me to. And so I made a new commitment just to Lucy with this whole pain of betrayal, this whole pain of talking shit behind my back. I had to get clear on how I felt, what I wanted, and then ultimately what I'm committed to. And so here's the question for myself. Who would I have to become as a husband? Who would I have to become as a man that Lucy could not help 
but to respect me, but to be loyal to me, but to not talk shit behind my back with people. Who would I have to become as a man? And she is like this, ride or die. Ride or die. See, it worked in the beginning. We put rings on each other's fingers. Like, yeah, we're, we're not going to sleep with other people. We're going to make babies together. We are going to be by each other. We are each other's favorites. And then life gets tough. Years go by. And there's a place that we're just doing it because, hey, we said that we would do it. And then our hearts start getting suppressed and imprisoned. And we start resenting each other. If you're married, I'm sure you asked yourself this question. Do I deserve this? How the hell did I get in this relationship? How the hell did I get stuck with this person? Lucy's asked herself with this, this question. I've asked myself this question. Like, it's not fucking fair. And for me, I would blame God. I would blame Lucy. I would blame everything I could blame. So, first question for you is where in your life have you made a stand for yourself? And it's not wrong. It's not bad. We often make, we have to make stands for ourselves to protect ourselves, to give ourselves some order. Like no new marriage is going to fucking thrive except maybe some really kinky motherfuckers in an awesome way, I guess, for them. And I'm not judging them. No marriage is going to thrive if you put a ring on each other's finger and you still keep on, like there's no fucking loyalty there. There's no commitment. You just, hey, we put our names on paper. We're married, put rings on each other's fingers, but we can fuck anybody we want. We can have emotional relationships with anybody we want. We have all this stuff. It's just not going to work. So there's got to be some order. But there comes a place where that stand does not work anymore, where the rings are not enough, where that original commitment is not enough, and a new commitment of freedom must be made. So where in your life do you have a commitment? You have a stand or a covenant you have made. Maybe it's with yourself. Maybe it's with God or your wife or your kids. Maybe it's in business. And it is hindering you. It is causing feelings of resentment. Maybe not even from your end. The person you made the covenant with or to, they resent you because they feel trapped. Like in this situation, when I made that covenant, I made the stand for myself and said, No, Lucy's mom is not allowed to come in this house anymore. Literally, my kids resented me. Lucy resented me. Her mom resented me. Her brother and her dad and her whole fucking family resented me. I got my way. She hasn't been back in the house since. At what cost? All the resentment. All the prison. And then Lucy can't even be herself. She just, I don't want, I don't want to be married to a woman who resents me all the fucking time. So when in your life have you made the stand for yourself? And in that place, I want to share with you how. It's not easy. I'll tell you right now, it's not fucking easy. And you're not going to get it just from this one podcast, this one episode. But I'm going to show you how to give you the path to going from making, going from having a commitment that is imprisoning to having a commitment that is full of freedom, full life.
So the first thing we have to do is acknowledge our reality, where we are, what's going on. I'll give you an example. For me, I, well, I already gave you an example of this, this whole stand with the betrayal. But let's say sex, make it nice and clear. Let's say I want more passionate sex in my marriage. Like I have to have it. And my current stand, because I know guys like this, your stand is I will have sex in my marriage. And the wives do it resentfully. And they don't have the passion or the connection that they want in their sex. So let's say that's the case for me. If that's the case, first step is acknowledging my current stand, my current reality. Right now, we have sex because I said we have to. Because we think that's right. Because we think this is proper. Because the Bible says that we have to. Because that my pastor says that we have to. Because Tony Robbins says that I have to. It's just acknowledging it. And then inside of that acknowledgement, this is where the real acknowledgement comes from. How do I feel about it? How do I feel that Lucy has sex with me just because she has to? Just because she kept a promise? Just because she put a ring on my finger? Just because she took vows? How do I feel about our current sex life? Sex not full of passion, but out of obligation. So I acknowledge my reality, and then I acknowledge my feelings, all my feelings around it. And I get it out. For me, it's getting a whole lot of fucking feelings out, releasing rage. I mean fucking rage. Because it's easy for us to acknowledge love and light. I talked about this yesterday in Navigating the Night. But it's really easy for us to acknowledge our happy feelings, exciting, joy. But we often avoid our anger and our frustration and more so our blame. We hate it when we blame people. So we hide it from ourselves and from others. We hate it when we feel guilty. We hate our shame, disgust. We hate it all. So we must get clear with our feelings around the stand that we currently have. And then get clear on what we want. Our current situation is Lucy only has sex with me because obligation, because I made a stand for myself. Feelings around that is, well, I hate it. I have hatred. I hate having sex with a wife who doesn't show up passionately to me. She doesn't throw herself at me, but only does what she has to do or supposed to do. Transaction sex, just checking off boxes. I hate that. I feel gross. I feel disgusted. I'm frustrated because I want real, passionate, intimate, connected sex. So I feel frustrated and disappointed. And I can go with feelings all fucking day long. But that's how I feel. Now, what do I want? Well, I'll tell you what I want. I want a woman who craves me, who desires me, who I don't never have to ask for sex. She's the one begging me for sex all the time. That's what I want. That's my vision. So the third step is asking myself, what do I ultimately fucking want? And the fourth step, because here's the, here's the truth. We don't get what we want. This is Garrett J. White said this. 
founder of Wake Up Warrior. Amazing fucking man. We don't get what we want. We don't get what we need. We don't get what we're entitled to. We get what we are ruthlessly fucking committed to creating. I'm not entitled. I, I, I can feel because of the covenant, because of the wedding ring. I can feel like I am entitled to lose his sex or entitled to her not betraying me because she's supposed to be loyal to me. So I'm entitled to her loyalty. But here's the facts. I don't get what I'm entitled to. Even if she is quote unquote supposed to, that's the right thing. Even if it was stand up in court or any kind of bullshit like that, doesn't mean I'm going to get it. We don't get what we want. We don't get what we need. We don't get what we are entitled to. So the fourth step is this. After we get clear on what we want and this hypothetical situation that has been a situation in the past, I want Lucy to fucking desire me, crave me, pure raw fucking desire. I want her to beg me to have sex, not the other way around. So the fourth question is this, since I want that, what am I committed to creating? Am I committed to creating that myself? Yes or no? That's it. If I'm committed, inside that commitment, this commitment, it doesn't rely on her having to have sex with me. This commitment is only myself doing all the fucking work required to make this happen. Who would I have to become as a man that she cannot help but to throw herself at me every fucking day and want to have sex? They send me naughty text messages all fucking day long. Who would I have to become as a man? My commitment to becoming that man, I have absolute fucking freedom, absolute fucking fire, pure passion, pure desire, and the only path to connection. Because when shit doesn't work out, guess what I get to acknowledge? All my pain, all her pain. I don't, have to, I don't have to blame her. You don't have sex with me. You don't want me anymore. How many fucking husbands do I know blame their wives for this? Every fucking day when I talk to them. Blame their wives for not wanting them. So I get it. I fucking get it. So do you want your wife to want you? Obviously, yes. Okay, cool. Are you committed to creating that? I don't give a shit you think you're entitled. The reality is no one's fucking entitled to anybody else ever wanting them. And desiring them. You must fucking earn it. You must create it. Ruthless fucking commitment to creating it. And inside that commitment is everything you've ever wanted out of life. Alright guys, this is a big one. I know. Oh man. And I'm telling you, this commitment right here is a complete fucking freedom. Surfing. Obviously, a much smaller scale than a whole fucking marriage. And by the way, this is a lot of the pain I've been dealing with the past few days. Getting a lot of this, going to a deeper, deeper level. And Lucy's mom, by the way, she's a, she's invited, she's allowed to come in our house now. I saw that my stand, it wasn't wrong. I don't judge myself for it. It just didn't give me what I ultimately wanted. What I ultimately wanted was to be fully fucking alive. Without people resenting me. Without me resenting them. And this commitment, this commitment to what I want. Not feeling entitled to what I want and expecting it and then resenting it when I don't get it. 
and not even being satisfied when I do get it because it's not because they wanted to, but they had to. But the freedom of actually knowing that it's going to happen because of me. I am not my results. I am not my current reality. I am my commitment. My current reality is my commitment. When I'm committed to becoming that man, everything in my life completely changes. It's like fucking magic. Literally, when I made that commitment and I was open and I acknowledged all that stuff, Lucy went from hating me, hating me, hating me, resenting me, resenting me, resenting me, to boom, in fucking tears. Instantly. And she could see all this pain. That's the fucking connection. That's pure rawness. So, first off, if you're getting value from this episode, please share this with someone who you know can get this same value as well. That they need to hear this. Shoot them a text, direct message them, put this on their Facebook wall, get this to them. You're doing them a disservice if you keep it from them. And please, I'm looking for more reviews. I'm committed to getting 100 by the end of July. Right now, I think we're at 30. That means 70 more. So if you listen to this and you haven't left a review, please go to iTunes, leave a review. Scroll down, five-star that motherfucker, leave a review. And on top of that, I also want to say that I'm super excited about everything that's happened the past few days. I've been telling you, I've been having this rough time with Lucy, going from the super peak in our marriage for months, at the top of our marriage game ever before. What we thought was amazing before looks ridiculous compared to what we've had the past few months. And then in the past few days, just crazy fight, big pain. And now, with everything that we see, all the the new level of connection is going to make what we had the past few months look ridiculous. We're going to shoot up to a whole nother fucking level. And inside of that, we want to share it with everybody. So I'm going to be opening up again, reopening. We haven't done this in a year. Reopening Ruthlessly Committed. We used to do Facebook Live videos every week, showcasing our marriage, all the just like this podcast. It showcases all the real, raw, pain, vision, desires, what works, what doesn't work, how much we hate each other, how much we love each other, all the everything. Nothing hidden, nothing reserved, nothing held back. Just us. So I'm excited to do that again. And we're walking through all of the pain, everything that's happened, the ups and downs this past year since we left off that show. And second, inside of that, I'm going to reopen enrollment again. Right now, I do Live Wildly Connected is my primary coaching. That's what I do. So this pod, that's what sponsors this podcast. And I'm going to reopen Ruthlessly Committed. I'm super excited to... Man, have groups of married couples ruthlessly fucking committed. And it's a whole different mentality of what it used to be. It used to be ruthlessly committed because we are fucking ruthlessly committed to each other no matter how hard life gets, no matter what is in the way, four children, businesses, pain, problems, life, disability, everything, disappointment, career disappointment, all kinds of stuff, but we are still ruthlessly committed and we're going to do whatever it fucking takes to stay together. 
and decided that we didn't know at that time a year ago, year and a half, over a year ago. We didn't know at the time that, just like this episode I'm sharing with you right now, that a lot of that ruthless commitment that I called ruthlessly commitment back then was imprisonment. Not that it was bad in any way. It got us through thick and thin. But our new commitments are full of freedom. New commitments where I don't have to make a stand for myself and say, you know what? This is not happening no more in my marriage. This is not happening no more with your in-laws. Where we don't obey the commandments. Where Lucy is, hey, Lucy is free to talk shit about me. She's free to gang up with me against her brother, her mom, whatever. She's free to go fuck people if she wants to. She's free for everything. I want her if she wants me. The end. I only want her if she wants me. I'm committed to becoming that man. And she can't help but to fucking want me. How it's been in our sex lives, I want that in our fucking relationship loyalty lives with her in-laws. Like, that's my biggest pain right now is the fucking in-laws. And it goes fucking deep. It goes deep. Recently, she's been... One of the big issues inside of the fight that we've had recently is her talking shit with her brother against me. Her brother's never liked me. And it goes so deep from her childhood when she was abused, when she was hurt, when she felt trapped and imprisoned by her parents, by the church, by what she was supposed to do, and all these things. And her brother was the only person that she could go to when she felt hurt. So I get it. I'm not blaming her in any way. And the stand that I had to make before, I see that it caused her so much fucking pain, even though it protected me. And it helped me to get to where I am now. It caused her so much pain. In my mind, I'm like, marriage before fucking you and your brother. Like, that's it. Like, marriage is first, and then your relationship with your brother or your relationship with your mom, that's second. In fact, in my book, that's a far fucking second. It goes from our marriage, and then our kids, and then whatever else. But for her, it was innate. It was driven into her from when she was a kid. The person that she could trust was her brother when shit got hard in life. And I drove a wedge in between that. And so our new commitments, my new commitment to pure fucking freedom, my new commitment to becoming the man that she would never dare talk shit about me with her brother, that she wouldn't want to, that she is loyal because she wants to be. Not because she put a ring on my finger, not because we took vows, but because she absolutely wants to be. And that's ruthlessly fucking committed. I'm going to end this with this quote once again by Gary J. White. We don't get what we want. We don't get what we need. We don't even get what we are entitled to. We get what we are ruthlessly fucking committed to creating. All right, everyone. I love you all. And if you want this inside your marriage, You want to up the fucking game of passion, commitment, connection. You want to master the art and science of creating connection. The only way I've been able to fucking go deeper and deeper and deeper through all this pain and see all this that I, between her and her brother 
because I've been not just committed, but I've mastered this fucking game of connection. Not to say I've arrived. I'm growing. I'm learning more every day. And I've learned a lot just yesterday, the day before, and the day before. But because I've mastered this game and this art and science of creating connection and growing connection again and again, I'm able to take literally me, take this marriage to the next level. When I think it's amazing, it goes to a deeper level. It's interrupted, big fucking fight, big collision, and then we go to a deeper level. And what we once had, even a month ago, will look ridiculous. It's been proven time and time and time again. If you want that for your marriage, you want pure, raw fucking desire, you want passion, you want fire inside your marriage, inside your love life, inside your sex, then hit me up on Facebook, direct message me, tell me I want to live wildly connected. And you can join all the men passionately committed to living wildly connected. All right, guys, that's it. I'll catch you tomorrow on the next episode of the Surfing Lessons Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Surfing Lessons Podcast. For more Lampy craziness, find my daddy on Facebook at Ryan P. Lampy. And have a powerful day.